You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, my name is Joe and I'm your host. This is The Joe Martino Show. I'm excited to come to you today. Wherever you are, we want to talk about all the things that make us human. Today's show, though, is going to be about something that we do as humans, not necessarily something that makes us human. I want to talk to you today about free speech, vigorous debates, and our ability to be human and get along. To actually realize that, to some extent, a lot of our beliefs are secondary to our humanity. We are a nation addicted to outrage. We're addicted to it. And the minute somebody disagrees with us, we engage that outrage as though it's some sort of moral high ground. And it's killing relationships, it's diminishing us as a society, and if we are to heal as a society from where we're at, and let's be honest, we need healing. We have to get away from it. We have to. For eight years, I heard how Mr. Obama stole the election. For the last two years, I've heard about how Mr. Trump stole the election. Always from the other side, and what really kills me is both sides use the same arguments. Right When Mr. Obama was in office, my conservative friends used the same arguments that my liberal friends are now using about Mr. Trump. Stop. That's what I'm begging people today. Stop. And I want to get into that. I want to talk about the benefits of it. To be honest with you, I was really torn today on what topic we were going to talk about. Uh, had a lot of issues. Actually had the one that I was ready to go on, had it almost all ready to go, had written out an outline And we're going to do that another week, and that is the three aspects of self-esteem. How do you come to yourself, you, and your self-esteem? What I want to talk to you about today is free speech, vigorous debates, and being human. Now, fair warning on a few issues. I am at a different office from where I normally record this. I'm not quite sure what the background sound is going to be like, and I'm not exactly sure what this sound is going to be like, simply because I am in a different office. Obviously, the acoustics are different, and there is it's a different time of day. Uh, So there could be some background noise that's a little bit different than normal. Hopefully that doesn't distract you from the content, and I hope that we have a conversation that you will interact with me on. All right, let's talk about our ability to disagree. It seems everywhere I go, people are afraid to have conversations. We just don't have them anymore. We don't have deep conversations. If someone disagrees, in fact, I ran into someone who uh, told me that they could no longer be friends with, and they named the person, because they found out that the person voted for somebody that they didn't like. That's insanity. Like, seriously. I was like, well, what about all the things you do agree on? Well, well, they're spluttering and spitting, and, well, I just don't understand how a friend of mine could believe fill in the blank. Well, here's the thing. Do you believe that humans are complex? Here's the first benefit to us as a society getting to the place where we embrace spirited conversation. At the very least, we live out the truth that humans are complex beings. It forces us to embrace that truth, to hug it, to love it, and to live out of it. it that's what happens. If, if you have spirited discussion, you're not just giving lip service to, oh, yep, humans, humans are complex. You're embracing it. I have a friend who is pursuing his undergraduate degree in psychology. And I asked him, I said, what do you want to do next? And he said, well, I'm going to go get my Ph.D. And I said, oh, don't do it. Go get a master's in counseling. Because I have an obvious bias to counseling degrees. I have one. 
right? And so I said, go get, go get your graduate degrees in counseling, and I'll tell you why. In fact, let me take you to lunch, and I'll make my pitch. And bring a psychologist. They can make theirs. Now, you might be thinking, well, Joe, that doesn't have that big a meaning to you. It does, and it doesn't. I get what you're saying. But we can have complex conversations. We can have passionate beliefs because humans are complex. There are things we agree on and things we don't agree on. Me and the psychologist, we both want to help people. Sometimes we just believe there's a different way to do it. Sometimes we believe there's a different way to get to the way that we want to do it. And it's okay. But I have a bias towards counseling. And we diminish ourselves as humans if we refuse to allow ourselves to engage in spirited discussion because somebody might get offended or somebody might feel uncomfortable. Here's the second benefit. If people were to, we were to make a societal change and embrace the idea of spirited discussion being healthy for us, we'd have healthier people because we'd have better formed thoughts. We'd have better formed ideas. We'd have ideas that were challenged and we'd have to defend them. We'd be forced to think. We'd be forced to, to defend our ideas. And we'd be forced to realize that feeling uncomfortable isn't necessarily bad. Now, hear me out on this. Let me go all the way to the end on this one. I say that to my clients a lot. Let me go all the way to the end. Think about this. Most spirited conversations are over in 45 seconds. Bam, they're done. Okay, so that's a little bit of hyperbole, but not much. I actually think one of the reasons that we are raising generations that are far more anxious than previous generations with far less actual stress, with far less actual threats to their well-being is because we've lost the ability to tolerate differences of opinion. In fact, we try to remove all stress from our kids, all stress except sports stress or like musical instrument stress. Those two things. Any other stress we try to remove from our kids. And we don't teach them that it's okay for you to passionately believe in this idea and someone else to passionately believe in this idea and to engage in a conversation about it. So what happens when they get in the real world? They're told they're wrong. They're told their opinion doesn't matter just because they hold it. And suddenly they can't handle it. Right? I once had a client who was extremely distressed because her boss was mean to her. When I asked her what her boss did, what he did was he enforced the rules. There was a rule at work that she had to follow. She didn't think it was a very good rule. And she decided that she didn't have to do it that way. She felt she had a better way. And he enforced the rule. And when he told her, nope, that's not okay, she couldn't actually defend herself. Like she couldn't give him a reason other than that's how I feel, which by the way, isn't an argument. And she couldn't handle him telling her that's not good enough. So she quit a job that was six figures at 25 years old. Now, you might be saying, well, money isn't everything. I agree, but I actually know the job she has. I just can't because of the situation. How I learned it, I can't tell you about it, but it was a good job. And she walked away because she couldn't handle being told that her idea wasn't good enough. Think about what it does to relationships. What happens, and I'm telling you, I, I meet these people every day in my clinical practice. They don't know how to disagree. What happens when you get married? You find somebody you disagree with on a regular basis. If you don't know how to engage that disagreement, if you don't know how to have passionate discussions, if you don't know how to hear from somebody, I think you're wrong, and still stay friends with them, how do you stay married to them? How do you stay loving them? Like, that's, that's, that's stupid. It's literally stupid what we do to our kids. 
I don't know how anyone has a deep relationship without some level of disagreement and the ability to process that disagreement. I don't know how you do it. How do you have a conversation with someone without being able to say, you know, I don't agree with that. We're literally moving to a society where you can't tell somebody they're wrong. It doesn't matter. And, and there's two reasons for this. I think two, two things happen. One, we have people at one end who are like, how dare you question me? I am an expert. This is the age of Google and Wikipedia and DuckDuckGo. Well, I can question you because the greatest thinkers of all time questioned each other. Because questioning each other is how we interact as humans. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about everybody, right? Like, like you know, you're sitting at a coffee shop. You don't have to disagree with everybody sitting around you. You're at church. You're at a party. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about people that you do life with. I'm talking about people that you engage with regularly. I'm talking about your children, teaching your children this. I'm talking about the people who are in your inner circles. Maybe not just your inner inner circle, maybe two circles out. But we've got to get to the place where we can have free speech and disagree, even culturally. Like, think about this. in and out donates money to the GOP. And, and suddenly, well, there's, we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to boycott them. Well, they have freedom of speech, but not freedom of consequences from their speech. Right? But they didn't actually say anything. They just gave money to a political party, not even to a cause, to a party. And if we boycott everybody we disagree with, we diminish ourselves as humans. Oh, Nike played a commercial that I don't like. No more Nike. I'm done with Nike. Go burn your Nike. Okay, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You're going to go burn clothes that you already bought. Okay, that makes sense. That, that'll show Nike. What, what if I have a Nike hoodie with an American flag on it? Can I wear that? Are you going to boycott me then? Like, we, we're so addicted to outrage. We think outrage and protest is doing something. You know what actually does something? Relationships. And relationships come with disagreements. The deeper the relationship, the greater the possibility for deep and serious disagreement. That's how it works. And when we get caught between the two groups, right? The first group, I'm an expert because it's the age of Google. And now the second group is, well, we, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's opinion is valid. Everybody's opinion matters. That's impossible. If a person has an opinion that gravity doesn't work, that's not opinion, an opinion that they're entitled to. I was in, when I was in grad school, I had a professor who would let everyone talk, no matter how absurd. And I remember one time in class, this guy actually made a statement that I was just like, I, I can't even believe I actually just heard that. In fact, uh, I, was in a, I was in an online class. If you've ever taken an online class, you know that there's a lot of online interaction, right? Thus, online class. So somebody typically posts an answer to a question, and then you have to post like two responses to two or three other students' original posts. Well, this one guy's post had so many errors in it, so many grammatical errors, so many logical fallacies. I actually said, do you really feel that this is worthy of a graduate-level effort? And I got reprimanded. And some of you are going to say, well, you should have. Maybe I should have. I, I, to be honest with you, this, to this day, I'm still torn. The fact, the person that I wrote it to, we ended up becoming friends, and he actually told me he didn't think I should. Because it was the first time in his life somebody called him out. You see, that's the thing. When we're stuck between either I'm an expert, so don't tell me, don't disagree with me because I don't have anything to learn, or everybody can believe everything, even if they're diametrically opposed. When we're stuck in those two camps, we, we don't know how to make each other better. If you can't tell someone they're wrong, how do you make them better? 
I started taking a boxing class lately for the workout. Not to be a boxer. I don't ever want to get punched if I can help it. I had a job where I got punched regularly before. I didn't like it. Working inside a mental hospital. Not a good time. But one thing I love is when you're doing the workout, they're like, oh, no, you got to keep your hand up because the punch comes in there. Now, am I ever going to be in a real boxing match? I hope not. But I don't want them to let me do a bad form because they might hurt my feelings. I want them to tell me no. And here's the thing. We're like, well, on that, it doesn't matter. But what about something like co-sleeping? I'm I'm an adamant co-sleeper. My wife and I adamantly believe in co-sleeping. And if you ever want to talk about it, we'd love to tell you about the benefits. We think it's best for the kids. In fact, we're the only society in the world that issues the family bed. Now, right now, as you're listening to this, you're starting to get angry. That's the response I'm talking about. Because I'm not saying you have to co-sleep with your child. But I'm happy to tell you why I think co-sleeping is the best. And if you think it isn't, that's okay. I'd love to have that discussion. In fact, if you want to buy me a cup of coffee and you live in the Grand Rapids area, I'd be happy to do it with you. But if you're getting angry, that talks about you, not me. And that's part of our problem in society. We think all emotions are legitimate. So when we're angry, it's legitimate. Here's the thing. Anger is a secondary emotion, usually preceded by fear. Not always, but usually. And we've not learned to regulate our emotions. That's why outrage feels so good. Because it feels intense. And most of our lives are boring. Most, most people, they just live boring lives. And so I can get online and I can scream at somebody through Facebook and it gives me a few moments of feeling like my life matters. In fact, now we're coming back to this topic. Remember I said I think one of the reasons that we're developing more people with anxiety is because we're we're shying away from passionate discussions, passionate debates. And part of that is because we're we're neutering life. We're, We're removing it from any risk. Because passionate discussion is risk. Because we've all seen passionate discussion, which went bad. And I want to take a minute to address that. You don't have to have a passionate discussion with everybody who wants to have it. Right? So if people are engaging you and they're doing it in a way that's attacking you, that's calling you names, that's belittling you, you don't have to have that discussion. My problem is we we have created just two, two, one binary choice. Either we have discussions where people call you names, they scream at you, and they just act the fool, and it becomes just a terrible show. Or we don't have any discussions at all. Like, the only way we can have passionate discussions is if people call each other names. Because we've seen people do it poorly, we stop doing it. That isn't how you get better at something. If you do something and you do it poorly, you get better at it by doing it again and correcting your mistakes. This is what I mean by it. It's how we heal. It makes us better. It moves us out of that natural narcissistic proclivity to assume that our opinion is expert and we have nothing else we need to learn. Furthermore, it moves us, if we're not in that group, from the group of I have nothing to share. Everyone has something to share, even if it's just I need to learn. You need to surround yourself with people who are willing to engage and debate with you about what you're thinking about doing, what you are doing, what you're contemplating doing, because that is how you can be rescued from doing something stupid. One of the things that we do in therapy is we reflect to the client what they're saying or what we think they're saying. It's called mirroring. Active listening has a bunch of different titles to it. One of the things that always cracks me up is I'll say back to a client, okay, I just want to make sure I understand what you're contemplating doing. And I'll say to them word for word what they say to me. And they'll go, well, now that you say it like that, and I often have to say, I just said it the way you said it. Right? Part of therapy is vigorously debating an issue. Maybe it'll cause you to do something that you previously thought you couldn't do. 
You'll engage someone in a discussion and you'll see that you could do something that you couldn't do. Why do we want to live in an echo chamber if everybody agrees with us? If I'm a Democrat, why do I just want Democrats for friends? If I'm a Republican, why do I just want Republicans for friends? I'll tell you why. Because we don't want to think and we're afraid we're wrong. And we're afraid if we're wrong that we'll somehow diminish our meaning. When the exact opposite is true, find people you disagree with and your meaning will be enhanced, not diminished. I'm a better person today because my wife looked me in the eye and said, you're wrong. I have friends that are super liberal, friends that are super conservative, and I'm better because they've challenged me. They haven't always converted me. They haven't always convinced me to go to their position, but they've challenged me, and that helps me grow. It enhances my meaning. It lets me, reminds me that I can be wrong. It reminds me that I can be right. It reminds me that I can disagree with people and still be friends. Every time we have a boycott, I just think we diminish ourselves as a society. I know that there are some issues that that are very important. I mean, life and death issues. And I don't know how we work all this out, but one of the things that we have to do is we have to stop treating everybody who disagrees with us like they're our enemy. Because the thing of it is, is they disagree with us on what? Right? So, so if, if they disagree with, on issue, on, disagree with us, imagine if I could talk, on issue X, Y, Z, what about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, and K? We agree on all those. That's 11 other issues, but we disagree on those three, so they're my enemy. That doesn't make sense. And you don't have to have the discussion every time you get together. I, I tend to be pretty strong that spanking is not a good way to go. I have a friend who's like, well, it's a little gray. And I have another friend who's like, no, I'm pro-spanking. Okay, cool. We can all be friends. And I can disagree with both of them, and they can both disagree with me. Because it isn't a gray issue to me. That's one of the issues that I don't see as gray. I think life has a lot of gray. I don't see a whole lot of gray on that one. My friend who's pro-spanking doesn't either. And we both want what's best for our kids. Here's what I'm wondering. I wonder what would happen if we came up with reasons to draw people into our circles, not exclude them. I'm serious. You have a strong opinion about teachers being overpaid? Awesome. Go find somebody who has a strong opinion about teachers being underpaid and find out what you have in common and still have the conversation about rec compensation for teachers. You think we should have universal health care? Awesome. Go find somebody that doesn't and have a conversation about what you agree on and then talk the conversation about universal health care. Life is so hard and we try to act like we're going to make it easier by avoiding the hard when all we do is make it harder. It's like when your check engine light comes on in your car, we just pretend it doesn't exist. Mm -mm, No, don't say it. That's how you blow an engine. And that's what I think we're doing to ourselves as humans. Because we don't engage in this thing called vigorous debates and still come out at the other and be like, you know what, we can be friends and disagree. We're diminished. We're blowing engines. We're burning out. We're creating anxiety. We're creating stress. We're literally writing people out of our lives who could help us have wisdom. By saying, hey, don't do that. Whoa, 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 stop. Let's talk about it. And then we reap consequences that suck. Because we didn't want to be told no. We didn't want to be told we were wrong. I went to buy my son a video game last week and I heard 
these two young men talking about it. I walked up, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I said, it sounds like you guys are solving the world's problems. And then like I said, no, we're just talking about what's wrong with fill in the blank. And he happened to pick a field that I've actually studied quite a bit. And so I asked him, so have you studied this? No, I read. Oh, what do you read? You know, have you read this author? Nope, that author? Nope, this author? Nope. And so it was. We're, I, I didn't have a discussion with him because I don't have a relationship with him. There's no point of contact at all. It's just some random dude standing in the, you know, the video game store. But I wonder what would have happened if I said, well, hey, you know, I've actually studied this. And here are some counterpoints to consider. It probably wouldn't have gone well. Because we act like if somebody disagrees with us, they're attacking us. They're attacking you if they say you're wrong. No, they're saying you did something wrong. Well, it feels like they're telling me I'm wrong. What feels like and what is doesn't count. A couple of years ago, I think I've shared this story before, there was a guy who put up on Facebook how he and his girlfriend found a way to rig the system, air quotes. They'd order one, one cola, one water, and they'd both share the cola. And they'd save $1.99 with tip. Well, if somebody's doing that probably isn't tipping 20%. They're probably tipping 10 cents. So $2.20 they saved. And people on Facebook blew them up. They're like, dude, you're stealing. Uh, you're being disrespectful to the server. You know, and all of a sudden, well, I feel attacked. Well, no, nobody said you're terrible. They just told you they think what you're doing's wrong. How do you get better if there's nobody in your life who can tell you that? I actually said, hey, let's go out to lunch, and I'll explain to you why I think what you did was wrong. I don't mind doing that. And he did, to his credit. He went out with me. I have no idea if he changed or not. You've got to be able to hear that you're wrong. You've got to have people in your life that tell you you're wrong, and you've got to be able to listen to it and not just say, oh, okay, I'm wrong, because they tell you that you're wrong. I'm not advocating that at all. What I'm advocating is people engaging in the exchange of ideas and having true free speech where we don't try to hurt them because they have an opinion that is different than ours. That's really what it comes down to. The people who support Colin Kaepernick's Neil thing have a different opinion than the people who don't. And make no mistake, I know people from all walks of life. I know veterans who are on both sides of it. I know conservatives on both sides of it. I know liberals on both sides of it. They have a different opinion. We can engage in that disagreement without trying to hurt each other. That's where the diminishment comes in. Right? Well, they have freedom of speech, but they don't have freedom from the consequences. I agree, but not everything. You don't need to be the arbitrator of consequences for everything you disagree with. Think about this. However old you are right now, how many things have changed that you believe in the last 10 years? Go back to when you were 25. If you're 25, go back to when you were 15. How many things that you believe 10 years ago changed? If you had told me when I was 25 that when I was this age, which is slightly older than 25, that I'd own a counseling practice, that I'd have a podcast and a book, I would have laughed at you. I was going to be a coach. And a lot of the things that I believed, oh, by the way, when my first daughter was born, I was pro-spanking. There was a lot of things that I believed that I don't believe anymore or I've changed my belief. I've nuanced it nuanced those beliefs. It is okay to change. But we've got to make room for people to change. We've got to be safe for other people to express their opinions and then engage in discussion about it so that maybe they change, maybe they don't. But at least we're growing as human beings. We have to stop equating people with all of their ideas, with all their ideology. 
what you believe at 18 is different than what you believe at 28. What you believe at 28 is different at 38 and at 48 and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And look, before somebody writes me, I, yeah, I, I am a guy that thinks there are certain things that are just objective truth. But we still have to give people the autonomy to be free, to have their opinions, and at the same time disagree. At the same time say, mm, I'm not sure I agree with that. Let's talk about it. And have the discussion. And you can't every time, and there are certain people that it isn't safe to. I get all that. But I'm telling you, we have all sorts of unintended consequences in our society because we can no longer disagree and just leave the issue be the issue. There's a new president elected every four or eight years. Do we really have to have the same arguments every time? Do we really have to equate those people who disagree with us politically as just pieces of trash? I actually saw a Facebook post like that the other day. It was a meme and, you know, blah, 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 if this, if this. And if anybody tells you this, then they're, tra- they're a trash can. Is respect only reserved for those we agree with? Is that really the message that we want to teach the next generation? That the only people we have to respect are those people we agree with. Does that really make us all that much better than those who came before us? I think it makes us worse because certainly even the founding fathers didn't agree on everything in the Constitution. They argued about it. They debated it. They wrote books. They wrote anonymous posts to the newspaper, like blog posts of their day. We can do better. You can do better. Find people you disagree with and put them in your life. Have your beliefs challenged. And then dig deep and figure out why you believe what you believe. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.